because to me in my heart and in my soul, I knew that those were my intentions for creating life with my husband and the fact that that happened and there was a loss. Hi, my beautiful friends. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day, and I'm so happy to be here with you guys. My name is Darcy Beyer, and we're here with my dear, beautiful, soulmate, intuitive friend, Courtney Goldstein, and we are so excited to have today my other beautiful friend, soulmate, lover of life, friend, Loren Carpenter. Hi, good to have you. Thank you for being here. And thank you all who are listening too. Thank you, Darcy. Great to be here, Darcy and Courtney. I appreciate the invite. I've been listening and loving the love that you all exude and the light that you share. Um, so happy and feel blessed to be here uh, with my buddy, my pal, Darcy. Likewise. I know Loren and I go way back. We, we met a long time in grade school and Loren was new to the school. And uh, I was not, I'd been there since kindergarten. They said, will you be her pal? I was like, oh, of course, I'd love to be my new sweet friend, Lauren's pal. So I've known you for forever, eons. Uh, but thank you for being here. A very long friendship. It's amazing. It's amazing. I feel so blessed. I mean, so amazing that you were so young and found each other and that you both became healers, right? So that's an interesting journey, right? To look back so many years ago, you were always healers and you found each other, but that's so, so nice. Definitely connected by beautiful love and faith. And here we are. You're right, Courtney. I've been hearing about you for so long, I have to say, and that you're unbelievable and you have such a, you have such a gift of your healing. You're truly a healer. And I'm so I feel so lucky to be in your presence and to kind of understand a little more about what you do because what you do is, I'll say it's incredible. Okay, I don't know exactly all the details, but I'll say a little magical too. Could you share with us or community what you do? Absolutely. So um, I am a Creighton Model Fertility Care Practitioner. And the Creighton Model is a... Uh, a form of, I would call it functional medicine. Darcy and I were talking a little bit about it. It is an approach to the female reproductive health that most doctors today, gynecologists and OBGYNs are not privy to because they just haven't learned this method of uh, understanding the importance of the woman's biomarkers on a daily basis and what that is telling uh, the woman. And it really is a couple's form of uh, fertility appreciation. And so as vague as that sounds, it's it really is something where, like I mentioned, on a daily basis, a woman can identify various mm. biomarkers and chart them on a daily basis. And it's telling you what's happening in your body from your entire cycle. And so my job is to teach women and couples, how to use this system um, based on their reproductive goals. So that can mean whether it's achieving or avoiding a pregnancy, or if women come to us say, you know what, I have a health issue, whether it's painful periods, PMS, debilitating PMS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, infertility, approaching uh, premenopause, uh, abnormal bleeding, all various conditions, we utilize the charting system to understand what the body is telling you. It's amazing. It sounds absolutely intuitive too. Yes. For uh, for the patient and the individual 
I mean, so how did you, it's beautiful. How did you find this method? So I found, I say I, my husband and I, Matt, and I found the Creighton model system when we were struggling with infertility. And this was probably three years into struggling with infertility. I'll say this year one, we had a chemical pregnancy and started seeing a uh, fertility specialist out of Colorado. We were living in Denver at the time. It's a very well-known fertility clinic out of Denver. And uh, I really appreciated their their ability and uh, approach to to communicating with me as far as infertility. I was diagnosed specifically with unexplained infertility, which is a big head scratcher. Right? You're like, well, you can't tell me what's happening with my body, but okay. Um, and they did, they turned me, I loved that clinic because they were willing and provided other resources like acupuncture, specific therapists dealing with, you know, couples struggling with infertility. So that kind of opened my mind up to, okay, well, I know there's so many different approaches to understanding the body. And unfortunately, after we started seeing that doctor, my husband got transferred to Dallas. And so we, we made the move and I lost my, you know, my, what I felt was like my life raft of, of finding answers to this fertility issue that we were having. So I moved to Dallas and found a different fertility clinic that specializes in IVF, artificial reproductive technologies out there. And deep in my heart, I just knew, I was like, I just don't know if IVF is is right. Mm. And, you know, after talking with that doctor, my husband and I were in the clinic and, you know, again, there was really no set answer as to what was going on with my body after various lab tests and results and an invasive laparoscopic procedure um, and the continued response kept being, you know, well, this works for people. So why not take the approach? You mentioned a chemical pregnancy. So can you share with people what that, what that is or what that feels like even emotionally, for example, what that was like for you? Yeah. So physically it felt like I already, I had, I knew like with, even without taking a pregnancy test, I know my, I'm kind of so in tune with my body that I was, I knew, okay, I had missed a period. I was five days late. That was not normal for me. And I just felt different. And so I knew that in my, in my heart, I knew that there was possibility we were pregnant. And then I had a very painful, what I thought was a very painful start to a period. It was debilitating. It was like he, you know, heaved over and then you pass a little bit of tissue depending on, on, you know, how far along you are. Like I said, I think I was only, you know, five days uh, after, you know, fertility or fertility, meaning the sperm has penetrated the egg and fertilization happens. Cell cell generation (laughs) begins, right? The start of life. And for me, it was a very painful experience, very different from any other painful period that I had had. So not, you know, I had no idea it was a chemical pregnancy until I saw that fertility specialist in Denver. And that was probably four months later after that episode had happened. And, you know, my husband was felt helpless, didn't know how to help me. It was, it was, like I said, a, a painful experience of about four hours, just um, and I think for every woman, it's a little bit different, right? Uh, what happens is the chemical pregnancies that your body, yes, has fertilization has happened. And if, if there's a possibility you would have taken a uh, pregnancy test and it would have come back positive. I say that because I have had several. And after that experience, I knew to always take that pregnancy test. Um, and so over my period of, of, you know, trying to have children. Um, I've had two other chemical pregnancies after that one confirmed by a positive pregnancy test. And then 
a week later, you have a start of a period that tends to be more painful, excruciating. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so silly. Cause I, I, thank you so much for sharing such a private time for yourself. So mm. they're not real pregnancies, right there. It's like a, it's like a, it's just, it's like your body thinks it's pregnant, right? Your body in, in my perspective, again, how I view life and being pregnant is at the start of uh, that process where that sperm fertilizes that egg, there's a whole chain reaction that's happening in your body that the hormones are communicating, the LH levels are communicating with your body. Um, as you fertilize, that egg becomes fertilized. And even more specifically, as that egg is released from that ovary, your body starts to produce progesterone in a high level. It's preparing that lining of the uterus for implantation. So when that egg becomes fertilized in the fallopian tube and makes its way down into the, the uh, uterine, the, lightness, the lining of the uterus, it's a, it's a series of days. And so oftentimes what happens is that chemical pregnancy is we know that the egg has been fertilized. And for me, that is the beginning of pregnancy. As a yeah, mm -hmm. that's just for me. That's how I believe. That's my belief. And that is the scientific approach to understanding how life begins, right? That cell starts to re regenerate and grow and multiply. Um, and as it implants into the lining of the uterus, that is when a majority of all the HCG levels are becoming uh, increased so that uh, when you do have a pregnancy test, it is identifiable in your urine. So that's what's happening. So yes, yeah, so it's a lot of people say, well, it's a false positive pregnancy. No, you were pregnant. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. So you, it was a chemical pregnancy. You were still pregnant, right? It was, okay, so thank you. Yeah, and the, I appreciated my fertility doctor saying, I'm sorry for your loss because it, it was a pregnancy. Not all doctors mm -hmm. view it the same way, right? And so- I appreciated that because to me, in my heart and in my soul, I knew that those were my intentions for creating life with my my husband and the fact that that happened and there was a loss. Um, and I appreciate, like I said, I appreciated that doctor identifying that. And so that's the chemical pregnancy. And it's, it's hard and a lot of women experience it. So many women experience it. And, and oftentimes it gets dismissed, whether, whether by their doctor or by family members who, again, don't know either. And it's challenging. It's challenging. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and so many women and couples deal with, uh, infertility, uh, for a variety of different, you know, reasons and underlying issues. Can I ask you a question about that? I find more and more that that is the norm. Like there's more, I mean, more so, and I don't know if it's changed. I was wondering, has it changed over the years? Is it harder to get pregnant than it has been? Or are you seeing an increase in people having a harder time? We definitely see an increase in uh, the number of couples uh, approaching the need for assistance when it comes to you know fertility. I feel like as a practitioner and learning the charting system, you know, so many times a doctor will tell you, you'll go into your gynecologist office and they'll say, well, every woman ovulates on day 14. And then I see women's charts um, as I've been as I've been this practitioner and I look at their charts and I identify their fertile window. And oftentimes it's, it doesn't align with that day 14. Um, oftentimes it can be a later date and depending on 
you know, stress can can be a factor that delays ovulation, right? For whatever reason, it might be good stress or bad stress. And as women, we're just not educated about the delicate nature of our reproductive system and how in tune it is with everything else around us, our environment, stress. Um, if you were a woman that charted mm. from the day you started your menstrual flow as a teenager, right? If you were a woman that has been charting for a lifetime, you would know this. You'd be so in tune with understanding, oh, well, this is this is likely why we're struggling because I'm not ovulating on day 14 or this cycle is different from last cycle. Thank you for teaching it to people and sharing the how, because I think it's like a wonder mill. Well, how do we do that? Where, where do you begin? And so, for example, you know, obviously my clients are, come to me in confidence. Um, but as an example, there's a, uh, there was a couple, a woman was charting and really she thought she was ovulating, you know, around day 14. So they were timing their intercourse around, around that time. And I looked at her chart. I was like, you, your chart is showing that you ovulate likely four days after that day 14, hmm. because you're consistent with your, what we call a peak day. So we identify a peak day, which is a cervical mucus that shows a peak type characteristics due to the rise of estrogen before and right before ovulation occurs. There's a sharp peak of estrogen that releases, communicates with the cervix in the body to release cervical mucus. And that's just a visual sign for a woman to understand, okay, now I'm entering my fertile window. I have a question for you. Yes. So you can see from the mucus. So I I know we're going off track and we're going to go back to your story, but this is, this is so interesting. So you say biomarkers and you yes. were saying about, so is it temp is, do you take people, do people take no. their temperature? No. no. So is it something, how can you tell? These are physical, physical biomarkers. Um, okay. They can exist. The specific biomarkers we look in our chart are cervical mucus, the changes in cervical mucus from one day to the next. Okay. And we, we approach it by understanding the peak type cervical mucus, which will help us identify when estrogen is peaking. We know when estrogen peaks, there's going to be a significant drop. At that significant drop, that's when it's communicating to the uh, ovaries to release an egg for ovulation. Hmm. There's no way anyone, a lay person, can say, I'm ovulating on this day. We just don't know. Unless you have an ultrasound in your house or you okay. have a lab court in your garage, there's no way for you to understand on a daily basis what your hormone levels are. And they change, again, based on our environments, any toxins, any stress, anything. And so at any point in time, your body can say, okay, estrogen drop now ovary, release that egg, and let's start producing progesterone. Okay. So that's the whole process of, of ovulation happening. So Mm -hmm. that cervical mucus starts to change as that estrogen increases. And when you have a peak of estrogen, you should have really clear, really stretchy, um, and really lubricative mucus when you're wiping. Thank you. I never knew that. That That's exactly. Yeah. And so there's a variety of different types of mucus you can see. And so when I do and as I teach my clients, as I teach them again, just chart your biomarkers as you see them. And all of that we can interpret as we look at your chart together. We identify a peak day and usually around that peak day is when ovulation is occurring. Okay. Amazing. Uh, we, yeah. And so in and around that peak day, usually peak day plus three days after 
peak plus three is when a doctor can, a doctor who utilizes and practices the Creighton model system um, has usually been trained by Dr. Hilgers, who is the founder of the Creighton model system out in Creighton University in Nebraska. He accepts doctors into a year-long fellowship to help train them in any surgical procedures uh, that might be utilized when identifying a certain issue and diagnosing a certain issue like PCOS, uh, whether it's an ovarian issue, they can, they've been trained in ovarian wedge resections, uh, any fallopian tube issue. Again, these doctors are trained differently or in addition to what they already receive in medical school, they receive this year-long fellowship with Dr. Hilgers hmm. because they practice specifically this Creighton model system and hmm. they utilize the charting for diagnostic purposes. After they identify that true peak, they know that the blood work that they're going to receive three days after is going to be very accurate in line with a true ovulatory event. Whereas if they were to just draw every day on the 14th, those results could be very inaccurate because ovulation may or may not have occurred. Yeah, I just keep Mm. thinking about how our body, Yes, like I believe in messages. And so I think it's so great because God, our body's giving us messages, but we're not taught at a young age what those messages are. And imagine if we were taught at a really young age, oh, look, that's what this means. That would mean that means. And yeah, back to your point about couples, you know, is there been an increase? Yes, because our environment has changed so much. And so much more stressful. It's more stressful. And I'm all about belief. And, you know, I, I would rather radiate, oh, I love what I'm eating. And I'm so appreciative of it. But, you know, there are some, um, there's, you know, there's pesticides in our foods. And if we don't mm-hmm. take care of what we do put into our body, that might change the the mm-hmm. life force in the body. And our yes. mental well-being could hinder, I, I think about it in an acupuncture, or, mm-hmm. you know, medical, you know, medical Qigong or a traditional Chinese medicine point of view. If things are stagnant and they're not moving, kind of like what you talked about last week with Ann Cusick, um, it's, it could be cumbersome to the, the mental wellness, to the body wellness, to the spirit wellness, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we keep it moving in the most lovely way? And I love that you have a, a rhythm to share with people how to recognize what's going on. You know, so, so you had, so, so let's backtrack. You make, can you backtrack? So you had a couple yes. of chemical pregnancies. You went to a sweet Creighton model. After meeting with those two fertility specialists that specialize in IVF and my husband and I made the decision, you know, IVF is not an option for us. What else is out there? A lot of people go IVF, you know, and they, and they have beautiful success, but sometimes something, Kai, you share with me the other day, you know, you were like, Darcy, I just... I wasn't feeling that it was my highest vibe, yeah, vibration, my high, for my highest good, for example, or yes. wasn't speaking to my soul, however we want to term this, that IVF was down my alley for other people. It is right. So, it, but everyone, what that beautiful thing is, we have such a beautiful, unique, everyone is so beautifully unique. And so there's, there's not like a one size fits all solution for every single person. Right. And so when we try to systematize, sorry, when we try to systematize a solution for and assume it's for every single human, it's really hard because <laughs> we're all so beautiful yeah. and we all have our stories and we all are so our journeys and we're all so unique. So that's why I absolutely love your yeah. journey. Okay. Keep going. And to your point, you know, it affected me, not just physically, it affected me emotionally, mentally, the mm. struggle between my marriage, you know? And so and I feel like a lot of couples experience that too. Yeah. I mean, all my friends were having kids and 
were on their second or third kid and were still struggling to have one. So uh, Lorraine and I went to high school together. We have a beautiful group of friends we from do. high school. There was probably a big window of time where we were the most annoying people on earth to sweet Lorraine. <laughs> you were like, I just remember you were like, I loved it. If we, you didn't, well, who would? We're talking about children. We're talking about babies. We're talking about baby showers. And I'm so sorry because you know what? The empathy was not understanding where everyone's energy was. And, and I, and I know it wasn't where you were in that life, you know, in that, in that time in your life and thank God, God, there's more to the story, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I remember for a blink of time, us being probably the most utterly insane, annoying people to you. I was celebrating as as much as I could with you guys, and I loved it. Oh, you're so lovely, but yes, thank you. Because you all were supportive, and I think you all knew my struggle, um, and so I was very grateful. Go ahead, Courtney. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's so funny because I'm sitting here, and I tweeted it, and I'm going to say, oh, no, that's not the truth at all. Mm-hmm. Lauren has such a beautiful light, and she was so excited for you, and that's just who she is, just because she lacked, didn't have her gift yet. Yeah. She did not wish that for you. She's that no. generous that she knows there's enough room for everybody to yeah. have a lot of light and gifts. We know, yes. yes, we know that, but there's also the human force that can take place that says, you know, this is hard. No, and I would, I would peacefully, you know, recuse myself if I had to. <laughs> I said, I, I remember, you know, at any dinners, you know, sometimes I'd be like, well, I'm just going to leave early. I'm tired or whatever. And it was, a lot of it was just emotionally led, right? And I didn't want to pop anyone's bubble. I wanted you all to enjoy their time. And, and I, like I said, you're Courtney, you're right. I mean, I, and I, I speak for a lot of couples that are going through that different type of that same type of struggle. Right. I think oftentimes we get labeled as, Oh, you know, Lauren's just, this person's just jealous that they, they're not pregnant. And that's not, that's not the fact you're right, Courtney, that we, we absolutely loved experiencing those, those joyful times for our family and friends that, were fortunate enough to become pregnant. Um, and it was, it was not jealousy. It's just, it's what you guys have talked about in the past. It's, it's grief, it's fear. Mm. It's all of those emotions. How do you stay positive in this? Like, how do Mm. you stay positive and keep believing when every month, I think this must be the hardest thing because every month you're being told otherwise. I mean, I, I don't wish that on anybody. So thank you for, we found the Creighton model system. We, uh, sat in on an introduction session with a beautiful practitioner who teaches couples uh, on the system. So the way the system is set up is that a practitioner will teach you and introduce you to the Creighton model system and give you an education, right? And it's usually a series of eight follow-ups that you'll go and, and learn charting, making sure you're charting accurately, correctly, so that doctors can read your chart and diagnose and, and do the procedures necessary that become so that they can diagnose accurately and effectively. How long is the process if you're saying eight follow-ups and eight, eight follow-ups and how how long of a period? Yeah, so the way it's scheduled or the way they've set it up and they've the Creighton model has been studied and organized in such a beautiful fashion um the curriculum, if you will, is set up for eight follow-up sessions. The first four follow-ups are every two weeks to really, again, help the couple and the woman become confident, uh, address any questions. Um, There's a whole book that they receive, you know, that they're able to utilize as a user's manual, if you will. And so those first four weeks are, you know, fairly intense, right? Learning everything, making sure that they understand the basic principles 
of how to uh, make their observations and chart them accordingly. And then after the fourth follow-up, you have a fifth follow-up that's spaced out a month, right? So you give them a little bit more time to kind of feel their way through it. You know, do, are they really confident? Do they have questions? I'm always accessible uh, for questions. Okay. So after that fifth follow-up, then it starts, you have uh, three months for that sixth follow-up and then another three months for that seventh follow-up and another three months for that eighth follow-up. So it ends up being spread out in one year, the span of one year is how the follow-ups are spread out. Um, and I think that's done beautifully. And again, they've studied the approach to teaching it that way. Um, and as a person who has actually utilized the system myself, I can speak to the the beautiful concept behind giving the couples the opportunity to have a cooperative relationship with a doctor in regards to their own health. They can maintain, monitor their own health and communicate with a doctor on a level uh, that, you know, most doctors, again, who are not trained in the Creighton model system, maybe won't appreciate or they don't understand, you know. Um, But as a woman, and I think you, Darcy and Courtney, can can relate, right? That we, you are, you're intuitive to what's happening to your body. And even more so when you become a mom, right? You know, and you're just uh, having that ability to have these biomarkers. I don't want to use a pun, but at your fingertips, because you are testing the mucus between your thumb and your finger. Um, But having that ability to have this information at your fingertips it's so empowering. So I'm guessing it worked for you because, oh, I don't want to ruin the thing, but I, because why would you be teaching it if it didn't work for you? Yes. And so I would say eight months into practicing the Creighton model, we became pregnant with our first child. We And I love that child who is in heaven because we didn't miscarry at eight, no, at nine weeks. But the beauty of that was that that child was there for a purpose and allowed us to work with our doctors to understand my underlying issues. It was no longer an unexplained infertility issue. I knew my hormone imbalance. I was treating it with uh, low progesterone in my post-peak phase after ovulation, where my body was not sustaining, could not sustain pregnancy if I did not have progesterone support. And so my beautiful child who sits on my shoulder on a daily basis, um, is there for a purpose and a reason. And I will say after that miscarriage, it took us two years, right? Well, a year and a half to conceive Thomas, who is our now six, oh no, not six year old. I'm jumping the gun there. Four years old. He's like a little light beam. Woo-hoo. He's so cute. And He's so shiny. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. He's so sweet. Um, and I, you know, yes, it took... It took a little longer than most, but, you know, the beauty was I was working with my doctor collaboratively on a month, on a monthly basis to really, again, become so in tune with my body. And that is the gift that I'm even, you know, equally appreciative of uh, alongside my children, right? Those gifts of my children, but then the knowledge, the empowerment, the, the beauty is, is such a gift as well. And that is what led me to a career change that said, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is what I, how I want to help people. I, I feed off of that energy and that ability to 
help. You know, one of my strengths, I don't know if you guys have ever done this strengths finder uh, test, right? Every time I've taken that three times and every time my strength is empathy, empathy. Uh, so my ability to really empathize with couples um, and women specifically who are dealing with health issues. I look back at the start of my menstrual flow in high school or actually grade school, unfortunately. Um, and I think about all of the symptoms that were present back then, my painful, debilitating periods, the acne, the, you know, the fatigue, everything all lined up with that low progesterone. <laughs> had I had that treatment back then, I, you know, life would have been different for me. I'm- Could you talk to us about that? Because like my, I have three daughters and you know, and I was, and I was thinking about my period back in the day. And then you were saying how, even from a young age, we're getting signs. And so I think, and then you just said that again. And so what is, when someone has a really, um, really bad period and they get acne, is it because they have low progesterone? Again, I can't identify it directly, but what we, what we do is look at the chart. We look at our charting and normally if we see, in our chart, um, a pattern of premenstrual bleeding, usually brown bleeding. If we see uh, tail end brown bleeding, which means bleeding towards the end of your menstrual flow, like two or three, four days of, uh, of brown bleeding with spotting, right? Most people are like, oh, that's just spotting. That's just the end of my period. Um, and associated with possible painful periods, right? Debilitating sweats, all that stuff. So when we kind of look and see that pattern developing, that's when we usually identify low progesterone after ovulation. Okay, so that's usually a, a luteal defect, what they call. So as I mentioned, when the ovary releases that egg uh, into the fallopian tube, what happens is there's a tissue that develops called the corpus luteum, and it should develop you know, well and naturally, and that is what's producing the abundance of progesterone to uh, nourish the lining of our uterus to prepare for implantation. Now, yes, this, this is, this is a natural cycle of events that should be happening on a monthly basis, whether you're trying to achieve pregnancy or not, that's what your, a woman's body does. It's just the beauty of it. Right. Um, and so what happens is if you have low progesterone, that lining of the uterus is weak. It's not plump. It's not nourished. And during the time where you are menstruating, it's struggling to release any blood, possibly dried up blood in those capillaries that have not been well nourished. Okay. So usually it can be a luteal phase defect where that corpus luteum doesn't develop, or it's just not producing the right amount of, of progesterone. So that specific aspect of it, the doctors can speak better to that, their understanding of it. But, you know, understanding our chart, we can really uh, see those patterns and uh, direct our patients to a doctor for what we call hormone, cooperative hormone therapy. It's not replacement therapy, it's just bioidentical hormone that usually the doctor will prescribe, uh, whether it's progesterone or estrogen. Again, they will, they'll monitor and do um, that lab work based on uh, the accuracy of that peak day to identify that low progesterone and confirm it, right? But as, as a practitioner, we can, we can identify that on the chart and, and, uh, address the issue and, and get our clients to the help that they need to solve that problem because it is solvable. You know, oftentimes a gynecologist will just 
prescribe a birth control pill to monitor, you know, to help with the symptom, right? Which is painful period or abnormal bleeding or whatever that might look like. Yeah. So you're just masking the problem in a way. Yeah. You're treating the symptom. You're not solving any problem. The problem is underlying, right? And you can't, you don't know what that is, if it's hormonal, if it's uh, organic, if it's another issue. We don't know that until the doctor can really diagnose it, right? Most doctors don't take the time to try and find that problem. So, well, it's so funny because first of all, thank you so much. And I think this is so interesting because I'll ask you, I think everything happens for a reason. So I think you're supposed to be on this journey of teaching the creative model method and giving people the opportunity to get pregnant and make it wonderful. So I'm grateful that happened in a way for you because now you get to change the world in this way. But if you could take your younger self, well, not your younger self, but if you were to work with a younger person who had exactly what you were having, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what would you teach younger people now? Like if you could say, okay, every girl at 16, I want to teach them this method. Would you think that this is an important part for a 16 year old, 17 year old? Absolutely. They're already going through sex education. So they already know all that, but all of this is really teaching them specifically what is, how their body should function on a yeah. monthly basis. And I think that's important, right? This is hardly a, contracep- uh, a substitute for contraceptive, but it teaches you what days you're fertile and what days you're infertile as well, right? Just because you have all this information, you should know this. I teach this to marriage prep couples as well. It's just, it's a an opportunity for a woman to utilize the system for their entire reproductive life, right? From the start of their menstrual flow to menopause, the tool that's available to them for continued understanding and monitoring of their own health, because that's how we were designed. So it really is a beautiful beautiful approach uh, to understanding one's body. And I don't consider myself a feminist, but I definitely look at this approach as, you know, the most empowering opportunity to understand your body, appreciate fertility. And I feel so blessed to have this information and know it. I love that it gives you your, like your reins back because like you were saying in the very beginning of your journey, no one knew why they couldn't give me an answer. Why, why, you know, and, and it's a beautiful question. And another question is how, Yeah. how, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you have a solvent for both of those in such an amazing way that, you know, if, if one way isn't speaking to our heart to get there, this is the beauty of the conversation is there's always another avenue where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. So if this is speaking to you and your beautiful, beautiful heart, we will put Lorraine's contact uh, Facebook page in our pod notes. Is there anything else you, you want to share? With anyone who may be listening? Like you said, I feel like just definitely listen to your heart and understand your approach to wanting to find a solution for fertility is natural. And, you know, you may come across people, doctors, family members say, you know what, just relax, just relax and it'll happen. I did that. (laughs) And I felt like if I had continued to do that, my body still would not be functioning the way it, it should be. Um, I always, like you mentioned, and I think I, I, I appreciate the, your previous podcast when it talked about healing, right? There are so many different approaches uh, for, for the body to heal from a variety of different ailments. And mm-hmm. when it comes to fertility, it usually is a symptom of an underlying issue. 
So there could be some other issue at play that your body, you know, needs attention. And that's why, you know, I hope that most the listeners out there who, you know, who possibly are dealing with anything in their reproductive life and want to learn a little bit more to do some research on what on the Creighton model fertility care system. Um, it's been researched and studied over the last 50 years. And there's there's lots of research out there. It's not the the forefront uh, as as it could be or should be, but I think you know we're making strides. And there's there's a practitioner in every in every major city. So if you mm. go to fertilitycare.com.org, um, you can find a list of various practitioners out there. I believe I'm one of about five thousand in the in the world. So this is a system practiced on every continent and with amazing, beautiful results. Wish you could. Sh- I wish we could hear more of those too. Those stories. Do you find this works for a lot of people, like percentage-wise? I'll share you the efficacy numbers that have been, that we share with our clients. Yeah. And so if you are a couple of normal fertility, the the rate of efficacy uh, for becoming pregnant within the first cycle of charting is 75% of couples become pregnant. And that's if you're you're, you're a woman of normal fertility, okay? A couple of normal fertility. It increases by... By the sixth cycle, about 90% of our couples, uh, 95% of our couples are uh, pregnant. Couples of normal fertility. Couples dealing with infertility, if they're only utilizing the charting system, the rate of efficacy to become pregnant uh, within the year is 20 to 40%. That's high. So, I mean, that's only if they're using the charting system. That's very high. But if you're using the charting system, correct. If you're, I'm yeah. a big fan of bi- bioidentical hormones. Yeah. I think yeah. they're going to be the new. If you are a couple um, utilizing the charting and going to see a doctor, a napro technology doctor, who will utilize the chart to help diagnose any underlying issues, the rate of success for pregnancy within a year is up to 80%. Wow. Wow. So do you have a doctor you recommend? So yeah. So locally, there are doctors. Again, you can go to fertilitycare.org to find uh, doctors in your local area. Locally here in Dallas, there is a clinic out of Fort Worth called Whole Life Authentic Care. We have uh, wonderful doctors there, Dr. King, Dr. Weidert, and I believe we have a new surgeon coming in on as well because there's just been so much uh, demand for this uh uh, approach to health. Um, there are a variety of different doctors in and around Texas um, that you can find, um, and again, all over the country, all over the world. Utilize that fertilitycare.org to find uh, a local NAPRO technology doctor. So NAPRO technology is the science behind the Creighton model system. It's called natural procreative technologies versus artificial reproductive technology. And in your journey, you did... Thank you for sharing that. But and I think this speaks broadly too. Um, so you combine the Creighton model with Emily Guevara acupuncture, right? So yes. and it kind of helps. Yes, absolutely. So I consider I had what I call my compassionate care team. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. It was it was my practitioner who helped me learn the Creighton model system. It was my doctor out of uh, Houston. We didn't have a local doctor in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth at the time. So I had to travel to Houston to see my NAPRO technology doctor, Dr. Jamelka. Mm-hmm. I always told her if she won the lottery or if I won the lottery, I'd, I'd move her practice to Dallas. That's how much I loved her. <laughs> um, 
And then I used Emily Guevara, a beautiful uh, acupuncturist specializing in fertility. Yeah, she's amazing. A lot of what she collaborate with me on understanding my chart as well um, and utilizing her treatments and the herbal supplements that she provided too, which I think were a huge benefit as well for conceiving both of my children, all three of them, actually, I'll say all three of them. And then I had a therapist that specifically, you know, helped me, you know, dealing with mental issues. And it was, it was tough. It was trying to understand what my main triggers were so that I can have a healthy, loving relationship with my husband and, and get through, you know, daily, get through the day on a daily basis. It was tough. Mm. It It was not easy. Um, and you, my beautiful soulmate, Darcy Byer, who uh, oh. without my spiritual exercises uh, with Mother Mary, I wouldn't have had success with either of my two living children, Thomas or Nora. Those, oh. are, other, those are other stories I'll share at a different time, but beautiful, beautiful stories and, and love uh, ability to communicate with uh, Mother Mary to help me with so much forgiveness, healing, knowing that I, I had my faith to trust in all is well, all will be well. I'm just so proud of you, of your, your amazing, I'll call it this. It's a sacred journey and you nailed it. I mean, you're, you're flying your wings now and um, you just have come out so on top of the world and so ahead of the game, I feel. And I, I just appreciate you and your light and your love so much and sharing your journey with us and uh, giving people hope and letting them know that there's definitely solvents out there. If it's something that we truly are wanting and believing and knowing that it is, uh, you are worthy and, and you are love and you can do this and, and you can. There is like a deep sacred want for this to happen. And I feel like when that want is so aligned with the body, the mind, the heart, the spirit, it's going to be. And so it is where there's a will, there's a way. And you just have, you just did an amazing job and you, and you push through and then you release, you surrendered as well. And I just, I love you so much. Thank you for sharing. Well, thank you all for having me and and sharing with me. I appreciate, I appreciate it. And uh, my heart uh, goes to out to those dealing with uh, fertility issues or Likewise. any other any other yeah. reproductive health issues that uh, they are seeking answers to and healing with, right? Well, may they find you, and may they find other beautiful practitioners like you, and may it be so easy for them going forward. May it be softer, easier, kinder, simpler, simpler, easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love y'all so much. Thank you yeah. for a beautiful conversation, a beautiful day. Thank you, my beautiful friend, Courtney. Thank you, dear healer friend, Loren Carpenter, functional fertility expert. We love you. You'll have a beautiful day. If you want to reach us, uh, feel free to connect. Our information will be in the notes. If you find this resource or this podcast helpful, feel free to give it a high vibe, five star. We love you or share it to whomever it may be speaking to your heart to share it with. Thank you. Much love to you.